Fast am I. This is Ben Hartley on Manx Radio. I think it's fair to say that all year round on the island, we keep a very close eye and ear on the weather. But some would say the weather is never more important than over this next fortnight, as thousands of visitors descend on the island for TT 2023. Now, over the coming days, the weather is looking excellent. Good news is a ridge of high pressure is going to stay with us for the next several days. So it's going to remain dry, sunny spells for the rest of the week. Today it's dry and sunny with light winds. Temperatures rising to uh, around 20 Celsius uh, during daytime from midweek. Basically there's no end in sight to this fine spell of weather. It's going to continue through the week and almost certainly through next week too. So currently no sign at all of those dreaded words for TT fans. Rain or fog on the mountain. Words we've heard a number of times over the years. TT News from Johnny Moss. A week of, at best, very windy, sunny conditions at worst rain and mist has meant the TT organisers have had to reinvent the schedules and hope the Manx weather realises it's on show. A two-hour delay to racing has been announced earlier this morning due to the low cloud and mist. Racing today has been once again delayed. We have rain in various places around the course. For senior race day, there is still a fly in the ointment. Um, in fact, it's a named storm, according to the um, Spanish Met Service. <laughs> <laughs> That's the low pressure that's coming in tomorrow and that's what's going to bring us um, poor conditions with um, outbreaks of rain again. We keep everything crossed. We won't hear any updates like that over the next fortnight. But when conditions are less favourable, how difficult is it to predict the weather at TT? Before we knew we were in for this prolonged settled spell, I took a trip to the Ronaldsway Met Office to find out what life is like for the team there during TT fortnight, when the eyes and ears of the island and beyond are firmly fixed on what the weather is doing. Welcome to TT Whatever the Weather, where shortly we'll hear from duty forecasters Neil Young and Kirsty Pendlebury, but first of all, Senior Met Officer at Ronaldsway, Adrian Cowan. I look forward to it in a strange sort of trepidatious sort of way in that it's exciting times uh, for the office, um, high workload, an increased workload. And we're always looking over the horizon and wonder how unsettled it's going to be and making sure that the likes of myself is available to support colleagues on the bad days, the busy days. My colleagues will be doing the duty forecasting. Um, I'm doing some as well, which is great. It keeps my hand in. And they're trying to do their best to uh, keep people safe on the island for the racing, for the practicing. And our primary job is still Isle of Man Airport. So all the things we normally do have to be done. And in addition, the extra workload for TT, advising uh, the organisers and the clerk of the course. Uh, It's a great package. It's an exciting time. (laughs) So just prior to a practice or race session and we're bathed in glorious sunshine, you look out of this fantastic window here because you do have a a brilliant view and you see a big bank of cloud or mist rolling in. I mean, does your heart sink at that moment? Uh, It can do, yes, um, because uh, we are in the middle of the Irish Sea, a little lump of rock, and sometimes, despite our best attempts, our experience and the best models we look at, something of a blip comes along in the airflow. The weather pattern changes very, very slightly, but the impact on the Isle of Man, especially for the TT, can be great because our little lump of rock is a lumpy rock, um, and so we vary in height from sea level. Uh, all the way up to the top of the mountain course in Snaefell 
and that's quite a range of variability in height. And then we add in the mix of the variability, the difference between the south, the north, the west and the east. And it's a long course that varies around the Isle of Man and there can always be a blip. Variations are a huge part of TT weather forecasting. I really want to ask you about those shortly. But Neil Young, um, how long have you been here at the Met Office now, Neil? Dare I ask? Oh, I'm a youngster. I've only been here 35 years. Oh, just a, just a few years then. Yeah. yeah. So you're getting a bit of experience under your belt. Experience. <laughs> so what about uh, TT for you in terms of the forecasting element? 35 years doing this then. Obviously, you're hugely experienced now. Do you still feel that pressure at TT, perhaps in, in the run up and, and during the fortnight? Oh, absolutely. Um, as a TT and winter, I don't think forecasting the weather becomes any easier. Almost as you become more experienced, you learn what the impacts are more. So it becomes more nerve-wracking and perhaps more important. And I think the, and this is blowing our own trumpet a little bit, the public's expectation of what we can do has improved so much over the last 30 years that people actually expect more and expect more accuracy. And in terms of that expectation, AD, technology must have played a part in that because, I mean, you've seen it, and Neil as well, a, a huge change in technology in the years you've both been here, and you do hear it now, don't you? I'm sure you do as well. Oh, all that technology down there, they've got to be able to get it right. Why are they making any kind of mistakes? There is that pressure with all the equipment just looking now. There are so many screens around us. You've got some great gear here to help you on your way. Uh, we have now, but I can remember back, of course, uh, 40 years ago when I started, it was uh, pieces of paper, pencils and pens, drawing charts by hand, analysing things by hand, and very, very crude, in modern terms, crude models. So back then, um, the modelling uh, definition was low, and so the details that we were trying to pr provide were based more on experience and local knowledge. Thankfully... Um, modelling of the weather and where weather patterns has become high resolution, that really does help and that has there been a big impact on improving the accuracy of forecasts and it's been noticeable because now Neil has mentioned previously uh, people generally, the public and organisers now know that the accuracy rate has gone up so the level of detail is available. Having said that, it is Mother Nature, weather and the atmosphere, and there's still an element of needing uh, experience to interpret how that all manifests itself on the Isle of Man, hour by hour, day by day, especially when you're running an event that only lasts a few hours per race. Is it possible for you to say how much you use the modelling, the technology, as opposed to your own experience? I wonder at times you look at the screens and think, OK, that's saying that. But I know this island and I know it really well and how the weather might play out. So how much of an element does your own predictions and experience play in this? Uh, I think it still plays a significant part. It depends on the weather situation. So when we're monitoring the situation with the weather models, plus the rainfall radar, plus the satellite imagery, and putting that all together with our experience, in certain situations, our experience is going to add another 20 or 30% of value. On other occasions, we can spot that the weather model's not right for the Isle of Man, and we're going to be adding 50 or 60% of adjustment and experience and local knowledge to make that forecast more accurate for the Isle of Man. So, Neil, in terms of a typical day, at TT, what does it involve? Obviously, you do different shifts. It's 24-7 here, but a, a typical TT shift, how does it play out? Well, the start of the day probably starts before many people are up and about. 
the the clerk of the course generally is on the phone about six o'clock in the morning and for us that's the end of one of the shifts but then you come on to a morning and things really start to to ramp up probably seven o'clock onwards where actually that's when we're giving advice for clerk of the course for the emergency services because that's when the decisions are going to be made about closing the roads. Is it going to happen today? What's going to happen? If it's a fine day and it's all going right, well, actually, that's good, because if it's a fine day, that's pretty much us. But it's if it's bad weather. If then there's a delay, if the clerk of the course decides that either something's happened with, with dampness on the road, which the rain may well have cleared three hours ago, but it's still wet at Glen Helen, so time goes on and, oh no, there's a delay. Well, actually, there is a delay, but if you'd have started on time, it would have been fine. But actually, you've got to get finished by five o'clock because this is going to happen then. And then it's just constant all day. And you're constantly on a knife edge playing catch up really because things are constantly changing and the clerk of the course ad obviously somebody that you're in constant communication with but there's all the other agencies like neil was mentioning there the emergency services there's there's an awful lot of people as well as just the general public and the race fans who really do need to know as you mentioned earlier for safety reasons as well just how that weather is playing out well absolutely there's lots of factors that go into uh, decision making behind the scenes uh, weather is a factor but uh, there are other um, possible influences that the clerk of the course has to take into consideration in association with consultations with the emergency services. Um, then there may be other matters that we don't know about, but he, don't, he knows about, and we're thinking, why haven't they gone with our advice? And it transpires later on that he had an issue perhaps of, for example, positioning and numbers of marshals, road conditions. There's been a late spillage of diesel or fuel oil. Or one year, I remember there was uh, some issues with, uh, there was a spillage of grain. Grain transporter had uh, toppled over and, and left the road covered. And these inevitably happen on the good weather days when the sun is shining and the weather is perfect. How often have we seen that in the past? Oh, absolutely. Just when you think the day is perfect, the weather's going to be good from, <laughs> from, from start to finish. Uh, and there's nothing on the horizon weather-wise and something else happens that causes a delay and everybody's looking at the sky and going, what's wrong, what's wrong? And then it comes to light, there's some other issue that's causing the delay. But uh, it's all about communication. We, we stay on top of our job. We communicate with the clerk of the course and anybody else who needs to know that information. He communicates with all the people he needs to communicate with, including the marshals, the police, uh, Manx Radio, for example, a great way of communicating the big messages. And I think the Isle of Man puts that together great every year, working together to make the event happen and make it happen as safely as possible. Do you feel that pressure more when there are those other factors, when those windows are tighter because of whatever might be going on, whatever reason, you know, roads have had to stay shut or, or whatever. If, if there are tighter windows, does it get more difficult for you or more pressurised? It, it certainly does, and it gives you a new nervous twitch as you look over the horizon at the satellite pictures or the radar pictures, and you're thinking, those showers that we thought were going to be knocking on the door for 6 o'clock this evening, they're now going to be at 4 o'clock this afternoon, <laughs> and we're there going, oh, twitch, 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 ring the clock, the course. I was going to say, if there's a sudden change, if the modelling suddenly changes, do you get straight on the phone and, and let the, the clerk of the course and the organisers oh, know? Oh, absolutely, because the sooner he knows 
um, that there's something now on the horizon that was either unexpected or it's coming sooner than previously expected, let them know. Because it's one of those factors, again, that can help them as an organising committee and the clerk of the course make an adjustment, factor it into their decisions. And if it so happens to keep the event safe and yet complete it, if a race has to be shortened by one or two laps just to complete it safely before something else changes, then we let them know. And how quickly can it change in that respect? It can change really quickly in the Irish Sea, especially at this time of the year when you can get a a change of airflow uh, or uh, temperatures, daytime temperatures, lift some shower clouds that you didn't previously expect. And uh, that can happen. And those days are really difficult because those shower clouds, sometimes they're not showers that you've imported from elsewhere. They are locally developed showers. And by that I mean... The land on the Isle of Man warms up in response to sunshine and all of a sudden you spot that there's now a risk of a heavy shower breaking out over the middle of the course. And indeed, you know, over the years, uh, TT commentators have spotted that and commented on that via Manx Radio and Radio TT that, uh, I don't believe it, 10 minutes ago the sun was shining and now it's pouring down. (laughs) And an example of that are people like Roy Moore, but I also remember Jeff Cannell one year, and I I seem to remember it was at Ballacrane, and Jeff said, well, it's glorious day for racing, and it's gone round. Everyone's happy. And the next moment is Jeff's there going, I don't believe it. There's hailstones at Battle Crane. There's hailstones. What's happening? And it was a locally developed shower. It was a heavy shower, heavy downpour, just in that area during a race. You're listening to TT, Whatever the Weather, on Manx Radio, where we're finding out what life is like for the team at Ronaldsway Met Office during TT Fortnight. We'll hear more from Adrian Cowan and Neil Young shortly, but now let's continue our look behind the scenes with forecaster and self-confessed TT fan, Kirsty Pendlebury. Yeah, definitely. I'm quite lucky that sometimes there's um, somebody in the office who doesn't mind working senior race day. So if possible, I do like to try to get the day off. And um, yeah, usually my mum and I are up there at the pit return lane um, pretty early in the morning to get a good spot with our Manx flag. <laughs> and how is it watching the weather as a fan from, from that respect when you're going out to watch the racing? You must be looking just as closely at the weather, but from kind of the other side of the fence, as it were. Yeah, definitely. It's always a little bit disconcerting as well if you've just come off the night shift, which I have done a few times and gone up there to watch the racing and you're like okay in my head when I left work the low cloud was going to lift by this time and you're sort of glancing up towards the mountain road going oh that's not lifted quite as quick as I'd hoped or it's not drying as fast or you know you feel you really feel the pressure on you when you know that it was your forecast that you told Gary Thompson at six o'clock and then you're sat there waiting for it to um, all come true. (laughs) Now we're pretty much I think almost to the day marking your 10th anniversary of uh, being here at the Ronaldsway Met office. Yeah 10th of June will be my 10 year anniversary of having arrived on the Isle of Man um, to be a forecaster so yeah it's um, amazing really where those 10 years have gone and the fact that I've been forecasting for 10 TTs as well. So you just missed it that first year you were here. I think you started literally just as TT was finishing. So you'd had a, a year, well, you had MGP obviously that year, but mm-hmm. for TT 2014, you'd had almost a year in position here at Ronald's Way by that point. So how was it that very first TT, that first shift on duty when the weather perhaps 
wasn't quite playing ball. It does become quite stressful because at the end of the day you want to try and give the best information that you can. That's the key thing. At the end of the day we want to get whatever warnings that need to be out, give the best information to the clerk of the course so he can pass the details on and um, yeah, try and make sure that they're able to race in the best conditions possible. Ultimately the course is 37 and 3 quarter miles long and it goes from mean sea level up to about 1500 foot so you've got quite a varying area across the whole island with that and also with that very different as the old man is renowned for very different weather conditions in different parts of the island. I know you and all the team here take a great pride in the forecasting and the information you give out so how frustrating is it when it looks like it's going to do x but then all of a sudden maybe a shower bubbles up here or something happens there and it goes from x to y almost in the blink of an eye. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, On the days where you can add a little bit of local knowledge and you think, okay, yeah, we could see some showers bubbling up over the middle of the island. And unfortunately, quite often they can be quite slow moving as well. So then they keep raining in the one place. On the days when that goes right and and you forecasted it, then there's such a sense of achievement. But then when you feel like you've you know, forecasted, oh yeah, the fog's going to lift by 10 or 11 um, and it's still there at 2 in the afternoon. It is very frustrating, you know, you, it's sod's law, I think, as well. The Manx weather likes to just make sure that, you know, <laughs> that it's Mother Nature at its best, basically. It's the weather in yeah. charge, not, not you or any of us, isn't yeah, it? There's the no we- buttons in the office <laughs> to program it, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> and in terms of when you're outside of the Met office here, when you're not working, you know, how often, particularly around TT, do you get people coming up and saying, oh, what's it going to be doing? Oh, you didn't get that bit quite right or you said this but it was that you know do you you sort of get feed feedback in inverted commas from uh, the great manx public oh gosh yes i think as a weather forecaster it doesn't even have to be tt any day (laughs) of the week um, month or year somebody's asking you about the weather and whether they can go out and do a certain activity but obviously tt well (laughs) so so at what point do you start to perhaps build a a bit of a a picture obviously we know it's so changeable certainly here on the island but is there a, a point as we go through May that you maybe get a a little bit more of a clearer picture as to roughly what conditions might be like? Yeah, I mean, um, we've got some um, quite useful forecasts that are medium range, which are sort of go out sort of a week to 10 days. And although it's not very good necessarily with specific details, for example, where showers are going to be and when or anything like that, it does give us an idea of whether it's like more likely to be high or low pressure, um, whether it's likely to be windy or less windy or very wet or not wet. So that can kind of give us a little bit of a trend as to what we think is going to happen. Um, if the conditions have been pretty unsettled, as we head up to it and we get a lot of low pressures it makes it a lot more difficult to be confident in what's going to happen if we can start to see an area of high pressure building um, obviously that makes it a lot easier in advance but um, part of the problem with high pressures is, is how quickly they'll break down and move away and that can obviously then have an impact as to when the bad weather will start to make their way in again so yeah it's a bit difficult certainly as we're getting towards um, a week we can start to firm up a lot more on the details and certainly five days um, generally speaking unless it's really unsettled conditions and we can start to really give some specifics about the days. Now I would class myself as a bit of a weather geek so I love coming down here to the Met office because you've not only got a fantastic view where you can literally see what the weather is doing sort of right around the south of the island and at the back you can see up to South Barule and Cronkney Lay but you've also got this very impressive bank of screens in front of us with all sorts of sort of things going on so just sort of talk us through as best you can for radio you know the screens we're looking at here what exactly are we seeing? 
Yeah, so um, we've got a couple of um, really large screens which have got satellite imagery on. Um, they're really useful for us because we can see areas of cloud moving towards us then. One of them is a visible image, so if you were sat on the satellite out in space and you took a photograph, that would be exactly what you would see. Um, the other one is more of an infrared um, satellite imagery, so it tends to show you um, where there's um, cold, so if it's cold cloud, that means it's high level clouds, you get bright white on the satellite imagery. If it's a little bit darker or grayer in color, then that means that it's warmer cloud and generally closer to the surface. Um, so in conjunction using both of them, it tends to give us an idea of what, how the cloud is moving, um, which is always really helpful. We also have the rainfall radar imagery, um, which then we can keep an eye on and see whether or not it looks like there's any showers moving our way, or if there's more of a band of rain, that's sometimes easier to try to predict what time that's going to arrive because it's more of a coherent band moving towards you. Showers are always a little bit more tricky um, because they have a tendency to sometimes develop in places as well so you can look at one minute and it'll be there'll be nothing on the radar imagery and then suddenly they'll bubble up that's one of the situations which can quite often we can get caught out and um, with TT and um, particularly that quite often they only reach or affect a certain point on the course as well it won't be everywhere and then you have to wait for that one particular place for the roads to dry out again and i know when i came here years ago i think we did a man in line outside broadcast and, and somebody here was popping out and doing sort of actual what you might call old-fashioned measurements do you still do that yeah we've um, we've got a lot of um, equipment out on the airfield we get information in from that and we do reports for air traffic every half an hour which is um, critical obviously for anyone coming into the island um, to visit for tt because the pilots need to be aware of what conditions they're going to come into to land. So every half an hour we're monitoring um, temperature and wind, pressure, the amount of cloud and the visibility as well. It's amazing how quickly the sky can change within half an hour really. Um, and if the conditions are improving or deteriorating within that half an hour period as well, then we will do extra reports for air traffic if it's something significant that the pilots need to know about. So I guess once we've done the forecasts for um, TT, a lot of it then becomes monitoring and checking to see whether the forecast is going to plan outside the window. And um, you do remote measurements around the island as well? We have got some remote sites around the island which are particularly helpful. Um, certainly the ones up on the mountain road, we've got a couple of sites there which can give us measurements for wind um, because actually it's amazing with that height difference between sort of the lower level part of the course and the mountain road, um, if it's particularly windy and, or gusty, that can have quite a big impact on the bikes when they're going the speed that they are. Um, so that's really helpful for us to see actually what wind speeds being reported up there because obviously that's usually quite different to what we see down here at Ronald's Wing. Let's hear from Adrian and Neil again now about the issue of rain at TT and those dreaded words for any TT fans, fog on the mountain. I think so. That is the one that is a showstopper and it's the most difficult one to forecast for really, the, the, the height of the cloud level and um, the arrival of mist on the mountain or fog even lower down. And we've seen all of those variations because of the shape of the Isle of Man. The topography of the Isle of Man lends itself to either hill fog or coastal mist or both on the same day. And not necessarily just on one part of the course. Sometimes it's restricted to just one part of the course, but there are other days where it moves around. Mm. And the western side of the course, up around sort of Kurt Michael, coastal mist, Kurt Michael, Balaf, that sort of neck of the woods, that can really play a part. It certainly can, and um, I, I can admit 
over my years, I've been caught out by that myself, especially in the days before we had high-resolution satellite pictures. Sometimes uh, unknown to us, a bank of mist had developed in the North Channel between uh, Northern Ireland and Scotland and drifted down towards the Isle of Man and put some uh, mist and fog on Cronkavody. And you didn't know about it until the, the marshals started to report, there's mist here now. One of the good things that has helped us is colleagues in the DOI thankfully installed some decent webcams up on the mountain road and that helps us confirm we can visually see what is it like now. We've always been able to have measurements up there but you can't beat a good quality webcam picture. And obviously the fact that there's some parts of the course that are very low down, very near sea level, you know you've got the height of the mountain, the very highest parts of the TT course. Is it the geography that makes it so difficult at times to, to predict and, and, and give you all those variants? Yeah just, just the shape and uh, scope of the course um, makes life difficult for us. Depending on the wind direction, different parts of the course get affected differently. So we're keeping an eye on that. The troublesome one for the Isle of Man typically is south to southwesterlies. That brings a slightly higher risk of some uh, patches of low cloud, hill fog and mist. Um, the days I actually get a nervous twitch about are the days when you've got no wind. The days when it's calm are light and variable. Those days are really difficult because those are the days when you generate the uh, infamous isolated locally produced shower and before you know it's just when you think you're going to get the whole day out of it you end up with a heavy downpour and on the Isle of Man on those those sort of days it normally happens over the middle of the Isle of Man or in the north of the Isle of Man just when the rest of the courses stay dry and bright there's a heavy downpour at Ramsey Hairpin or the Gooseneck or on one occasion, Balacrane. <laughs> so we talk about fog, but Neil, rain obviously plays a big part in this. Just sort of thinking back over your 35 odd years you've been here, are there any TT fortnights that really stand out as being a, a sort of complete washout? We've had some very, very wet spells, certainly one in the early 90s, where I think we got rain virtually every day and we got heavy rain, we got flooding, we had people in tents, just had to move, and the Isle of Man pulled out all the stops. People opened up their homes, they opened up parish halls, people sleeping on the floor of the sea terminal. The Isle of Man, as it always does, really pulled out all the stops and looked after people. And any sort of really good TTs that stand out, because we talk about the bad weather, but actually I think we have had some which have gone pretty much to plan. We have, we've had some phenomenal um, TTs. Those will tend to fade into memory because in here, if it's really good weather, then it's actually a really nice week. It's the, it's the bad ones that do tend to stick in the memory. Or the forecasts where actually you've been absolutely on a knife edge. And there was one, I was a really young forecaster, so it'd be early 90s. I was only second or third TT and several clocks of the course ago now. On my say-so, he started the race while there was still fog on the mountain because I had said it was going to clear. And that was a fairly nervous quarter of an hour. <laughs> one you'll never forget, that one. That's the one. And he had to go because actually two hours later it was going to rain. So they had that window 
And if they didn't start, they couldn't do it. And I think it's fair to say, Aidy, that things have changed over the years where actually they would perhaps obviously race it in, in much worse weather conditions. But I think Gary Thompson does try to give, you know, riders and teams and, and the public as well as much notice as possible. They seem to call it a lot earlier now if actually they're not going to race that evening or, or practice that night. I think so, yes. Um, you know, the, the, the ability for a clerk of the course to make uh, informed decisions ha- has improved mainly because the weather models and our interpretation and, and advice, the confidence in that has improved. So uh, we do find now we can m- more accurately and confidently predict weather windows and based on that information, informed decisions can then be made and communicated straight away. That helps teams, the riders, the fans communicate that via the local radio stations and social media, get that message out there It's starting then because now's our only chance to fit this racing in today and we must be finished by them because we know there's rain coming later. For you, any particular TTs that really stand out as being sort of bad weather years or conversely really, really good weather years? Um, I think from a weatherman's point of view, the, the ones to remember are the ones who have actually helped people make safe decisions and protect themselves. And one of those uh, was uh, during a year where we predicted uh, gales on the Isle of Man. And, OK, the gales would not be good for racing, but more importantly, a lot of our fans visiting the Isle of Man are in tents. And so we issued, uh, the office issued a gale warning and advised the police and uh, civil defence, the emergency planning officer, and all the campsites were visited the day before to warn people to be ready to either decamp to somewhere safe or, if they can, make their tents more secure because there was a gale coming. And that one worked out spot on and uh, people were, were, were protected on that occasion. The racing was, was already going to be called off. The clerk of the course knew in advance the gale was coming. And so there's an example of with 24 hours, nearly 24 hours notice, people knew there was a bad bit coming and they, they changed their plans. And whilst we were taking a look behind the scenes at Ronaldsway Met Office, it would have been remiss of us not to mention that very soon Adrian Cowan is retiring. After 40 years of service in the Met Office, I am retiring in July this year. Heavy heart feelings about doing that because I love the job. I love working with colleagues here at the airport and special events that go on on the Isle of Man, including the TT. And I'll miss that. But you know what? It's about time I sort of moved away and left it to my colleagues to get on with doing the good job. Uh, But it's been fun. The first year I was an observer in the Met Office. uh, And then the following year I started my training as a forecaster and here I am 40 years later so therefore I've seen great great changes and uh, the changes have generally been for the better certainly from a weather forecasting point of view uh, we can now do so much more with more accuracy and a better lead-in time because historically you'd only just be struggling to get it right on the day so retirement then literally just a few weeks away uh, what will you be doing I, initially, I'm going to take a lot of leisure time walking. I'm fancying some road trips. I enjoy driving. I'm going to do some driving uh, around the British Isles, um, stop at various places, do some walking, some cycling, just outdoor activities for the rest of the summer. And then when I get back in the autumn, I'll weigh up my options as to what I can do um, to keep myself active in the community, because I do like helping out in various ways. It's a uh, events especially in Arbury Parish where I'm already involved with La Colum Killia 
but there are wider things in the Isle of Man community I'd like to take part in. And one of the things I was thinking of talking about doing was maybe taking part or helping in amateur dramatics on the Isle of Man, uh, because that's a vibrant little community. And, and it's something I've always had. Uh, had an inkling I'd, I'd like to give it a go well let's hope that for the summer months anyway when you're out and about around the island and the british isles that your colleagues can sort some uh, good weather for you but ad we wish you all the very best for your retirement and we thank you for the many years of uh, service that you've given to the island and indeed to manx radio you know but you've been such a, a regular fixture on our programs thank you for having us today it's been a, a fascinating insight behind the scenes here at the met office during tt fortnight and we wish you all the very best for the future well, thanks very much, Ben. I've enjoyed every minute of it, and the interaction uh, with the media, in particular Manx Radio, has been another highlight of my career. And the day that uh, um, colleagues at Manx Radio contacted the office and I said, we'd like to do live forecasts, and we were all, oh, no, what's that going to be like? And you know what? It's been, it's been marvellous. I think it's been very useful for us. Uh, it's useful for the radio station and the public of the Isle of Man to com- communicate the weather forecast and the weather during periods of warnings and severe weather, getting the message out there to, again, to help people make plans, mitigations, keep themselves safe. An example of that, you know, gales, severe storms and snow events on the Isle of Man, working with emergency services and Manx Radio, getting that message out has made all the difference. My thanks to Adrian Cowan, Neil Young, Kirsty Pendlebury and all the team at Ronaldsway Met Office for a fascinating glimpse behind the scenes and a closer look at the part they play throughout TT Fortnight. And with this settled spell of warm and sunny weather set to continue over the coming days, dare we hope that this year we don't hear those words rain and fog on the mountain. We shall see, but it's all looking very hopeful at the moment. Whatever the weather, have a safe, enjoyable and hopefully warm and completely dry TT 2023.